What is up, fanboys and fangirls? Welcome to another Review Point podcast coming to you from fanboysanonymous.com. I am your host, as always, Tony Mango, and joining me for this edition is Caroline Oliveira. Hello. Isn't she cute? We just got back from seeing Brightburn, and we actually have not even talked about it. So you're going to get our uh, surprise opinions if we disagree about certain things or something like that. Uh, obviously that is what this whole movie review point is for Brightburn and the way that the review point works, if you are not familiar is we're going to talk about the things we liked, the things we didn't like, and those are going to be the hits and the misses and whatever else we feel like talking about. And we're going to do that in two different sections. The first one is going to be a non-spoiler section. So if you are only interested in the spoiler free part, that is the first part. And then of course the thing that'll happen after that is the spoiler section, but we will give you a warning about that ahead of time, so don't be scared. Uh, unless it's the movie itself, because it is a horror movie. It's rated R. It's a little freaky. And uh, I guess that's where I want to start. Uh, you are obviously the horror aficionado between the two of us. <laughs> what did you think about it as far as horror-wise? Is it Does it match up with that, or are you disappointed, or what do you think? I guess for this movie, I purposely didn't really want to read a whole lot about it. I knew the story, um, even, like, just because you told me at first, and then just based on, like, the trailers, but I was really surprised with some certain aspects of the movie that are related to horror, but I don't really want to say anything yet, because... That might spoil some stuff, but I was pleasantly surprised. I think that it worked. It was a fun movie. It had, like, jump scares, and it had, like, the really, like, good horror music. And, yeah, it was a good time. It was fun. I think the part that you're saying that you don't want to say is the fact that Jason turned out not to die at the end. And Freddy Krueger became uh, the shape and (laughs) (laughs) all that stuff, right? I am not the biggest horror person, so it takes a lot for a horror movie to turn into something that I, I guess, feel comfortable with, is what I would say, more so than like, because, I mean, I can like a movie of any kind of genre or anything like that. It's not like anything, you know, oh, all musicals are horrible and there's not a single one that's good or... I mean, it's not like it's like country music where it's all bad, but <laughs> uh, now I just got a whole bunch of people hate me. Um, horror is not my go-to genre, and when I saw the preview for this one, and it's basically just evil Superman, or what if Superman, uh, you know, he got adopted by the Kents and that wasn't good enough, kind of, Yeah. then that already had me intrigued because it's a superhero thing, and... Sometimes you can take a superhero movie and you can turn it on its head and that already is interesting enough for me just because it's doing the alternative of what they normally are. But horror-wise, I didn't feel like it was like super scary, which I think is good to people that don't really like horror movies, that you can kind of get into it and it's just a little freaky, but it's not like, you know, I'm not going to have nightmares tonight, kind of a thing like that. Yeah, I think that um there are lots of levels and well not levels but like different types of horror movies i tend to watch all kinds of horror movies and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna get like 
scared when I'm watching a Texas Chainsaw Massacre kind of thing. Um, because that's just like, to me, that's just like a fun time, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think you do have to agree, though, that there were like good, effective jump scares. Yeah. And I feel like sometimes with horror movies, you know, and I feel like with Tony, like the type of horror movies that he tends to like the best are more of the psychological kind of stuff. Mm hmm that stays with you and you're like thinking about it and the more you think about it it makes it like scarier and part of the fun of that type of horror movie is that it stays with you and you kind of put your own anxieties and your own thoughts into that plot so you know it stays with you and you develop that horror for like maybe a few days after you watch it and this movie it's not like that it's just like yeah, this, it's, it's hard to kind of wake up and be like, I'm afraid that my kid is... Oh, wait, I don't have a kid. Like, I gotta, no, yeah. but I, I can see that there are images in that movie that could potentially be a little bit more than just freaky yeah. to some people. And not so much of the stuff that I want to talk more about like in the spoiler part of this, but... You know, like, and I, I'm I'm sure that you guys seen at least the trailers, the red eyes and like the darkness, like that is not just freaky. That's kind of like, that's like there's something unnerving about it. And not a spoiler as well. It it's a evil kid kind of thing, and I feel like that alone also as a an extra level of creepiness. Yeah, and speaking of kids, I don't know why we saw that there were a couple kids in the theater, but this is definitely yeah. too scary to bring your little kid. Don't bring an eight-year-old to this thinking it's going to be a Superman story because it really isn't. Yeah, definitely don't. It's I I started watching horror movies when I was really young, and I wouldn't put my future kids to watch this until <laughs> they were probably 14 or so. <laughs> <laughs> so... uh I don't know how much more we can get into the non-spoiler section without kind of breaking that a little bit. So, actually, you know what? Let's just say, screw it. That's the end of the spoiler-free section. <laughs> you guys go know enough of it by now that I think that you are going to be fine listening to the rest of this. But warning, just in case, if you do not want to know what is happening in the movie, then by all means, the spoiler section is not what you want to listen to. But if you don't care, then keep listening and... And you'll find out our thoughts. So I guess the best way to do this is to go into the characters themselves and kind of bounce around a little bit there. Uh, it's a story of a mom and a dad. They have a kid. We already went through all that whole thing. So let's talk about the mom and the dad and the kid. <laughs> let's talk about uh, old David Brightburn and Billy Brightburn. And <laughs> it's not their names. They are Tori and Kyle Breyer, and they adopt a little alien boy that they name Brandon Breyer because you need your alliteration, which I thought was kind of funny and kind of cute a little bit because it's like the Peter Parker, Clark Kent oh. kind of thing like that. So Brandon Breyer, eh, you know, uh, kind of made me want some Breyer's ice cream a little bit throughout the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so that and we had seen something about ice cream ahead of time, uh, some little trailer or something and then there's a scene in the movie where they do eat ice cream and i was like crap i really want ice cream you're thinking about that and the whole entire time even though it's not uh spelled the same way i'm like briar that reminded me of the insane asylum um in american horror story god it's like briar something and that's all i could think about it's like oh, mental asylum mental asylum but do they have ice cream there 
No. Oh, they have it. they have demons no. and aliens and it's a mess of a season, but I'm not gonna get into it. <laughs> That's not really a good trade off. I wanted ice cream, not demons. <laughs> <laughs> if I go to any kind of custard place or something and they give me demons, it's a problem. Uh but you get what you're asking for uh, with this movie. Wow, there's so character, uh, not a character, it's the actor named Clink Scales. What kind of name is <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Sorry, Abraham. <laughs> just, that just took me by surprise. Uh, he played Royce. Okay, Royce was like one of my favorite parts. Um, yeah, so the mom, the dad, the kid. Uh, in many ways, I think that Elizabeth Banks, uh, blah, 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 Elizabeth Banks was very much kind of Martha Kent-ish. So I like yeah. that. And uh, David Denman, who is one of those guys that if you say the name David Denman, I don't think anybody would practically know which actor you're talking about. But uh, you've seen him in a bunch of things. I mean, I'm not going to really be able to say off the top of my head, but I know that I've seen him a bunch. I'm pretty sure he was the dad of Jason in the Power Rangers movie and some other things like that. So he's just kind of like, I don't know, he aged to a point where he got a beard and then he just became dad for every single role that I've seen him in. (laughs) But he's kind of jonathan kent ish i mean they got a farm i mean obviously this is what they were going for so they did that well um small town yeah and i didn't know going into the movie that the name of the town was brightburn yeah i did not know that either i thought that was going to be like the kid's code name he gives himself or you know especially because it's like his eyes can burn things and you're really bright the the b and the b like yeah. in the trailers, you see him like drawing like his symbol everywhere, and it's like a B backwards, and then regular B together. So I thought that he was just gonna change his. Be like, I need a code name. I need to be. Yeah. yeah. He uh th- he draws these symbols around, and throughout the movie, he keeps doing that as his little like token, his little calling card, and whatever. And there's a part where the cop says, you know, uh, to his mom, he's like, you know, this kind of looks like a, a BB, kind of like Brandon Breyer. And she's like, no, nope, it doesn't make any sense. And I was thinking to myself, if I were looking at that, I wouldn't think that it was two Bs. I'd be like, that's a weird looking eight. <laughs> like... Um, well, I'm done like yeah, that. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> You're they just needed to like move the story forward. So they, the cop just realized it was two Bs. So, yeah. You know. Which is a, um, a little bit of a jump for him to be like, hmm. No, that, that didn't bother me, though. Really? I didn't even, like, think about it. I was just like, yeah, like, I'm I'm with the story, but should we, like, go back and, like, talk about, like, the characters? Because, like, I just want to say that I actually really like the main characters in this. Like, normally, um, I either, well, in a horror movie... Um, when you have a female lead, I tend to like those better, um, just because it's awesome to see the female character survive to the end and kick ass and win, which doesn't happen, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, Elizabeth Banks and David Denman, I'm assuming, um, I think they did a really good job, like, they were really likable. And, like, from the beginning, you understand that they can't really have kids, and they've been trying for a while, and they're just likable. And you also learn that they kind of probably didn't really have a really awesome childhood themselves, and they kind of just been together for a while now. Yeah, they give you the feeling that they've met since, I mean, they were saying that they were basically, like, fooling around with each other since they were, like, preteens, which is really creepy, and I hope that they were implying, like, 
around his age meant like yeah. at least Teenager. like 15 or something but like but the fact that they took that little scene there was like really short scene where they were like yeah like we can't do to brendan what our parents did to us we need to make sure that he knows that he's loved that just kind of like makes you understand a little bit more of her actions yeah especially she's very very protective and that's good because that means that she if her kid wasn't a fucking demon alien thing that she would have been a damn good mom for his whole life like he was like she was for his first 12 years and then puberty hits and then your kid's a little bastard and he fucks it all up and it ruins the world well (laughs) you know mother and son relationships are really common in horror movies and a lot of horror movie villains have mommy issues where their moms know that they're awful, but they just keep protecting them. Like, hello, like, Norman Jason. Bates. Well. That's mom and dad. It, uh, not mom and dad. Obviously, he's not the dad. <laughs> <laughs> it is implied, though, that Norman killed her. And she wasn't really, like, she was overprotective, but she was kind of abusive yeah. at the same time. But, like, somebody like Jason from Friday the 13th, like, the the original, is actually the mom yeah. killing Sorry, if you haven't seen the movie, you'll lose in life because if you watch any horror movies, you should watch the classics, and that's a classic, even though it's not my favorite. But, like, she's pissed. It was the sled. (laughs) (laughs) Let's put it out there. Wow. (laughs) She's pissed that um, the reason why her kid drowned was because teenagers were having sex instead of watching the kids swim in uh, Crystal Crystal Lake. Lake campground so now she kills teenagers that are fooling around (laughs) (laughs) so like you know that's like a very like okay i know my my kid was probably like not the best but i'm just gonna murder everybody but in this case like you can tell that tori briar is like she has everything to be an awesome mom and she really tries and you f- I felt bad for her. Yeah, I really, I kind of looked at the movie, and I said this to Caroline when we were watching it, because I just, you know, we whispered to each other in the movies, we're not obnoxious, but we're cute like that. <laughs> and uh, I was saying, there's four characters that I liked at a certain point in the movie. This might have been like midway through or so. Yeah. Uh, actually, it might not have even no, been the midway even. point. Yeah. Because that was around the second scene where your favorite character. Oh, yeah. So this <laughs> this kid, <laughs> Roy. talk about that? <laughs> This kid Royce is a fucking awesome kid. He uh, he's like this bully in class. Okay, he has two scenes. <laughs> he's two scenes, and he steals the show in both scenes because oh he's he's a little asshole. And it's like, I was thinking to myself, oh, he's so fucking dead. Like he's gonna do something, piss him off, and he's gonna kill him. Oh. Royce does not die in this movie. We don't know that. We don't know for sure, but I mean, I mean, like they we don't see it. Yeah, but there's a really good chance that he probably like went out to kill. Uh, kill crazy rampage and killed everybody but yeah. like you know at the very least royce makes it out enough that you can be like all right like homeboy didn't die and uh you know he's a little prick but he's funny um so that's all clink scales uh but he was one of them just because i i root for assholes and stuff and they're funny and you know why not but i really really liked kyle the dad because i felt like he was very down to earth and kind of almost everything that he said i either believed was the right thing to say or I could see where he was coming from and the mistake that he made, I could see exactly why he made that mistake. And even if I wouldn't have made that mistake, I would have 
forgiven him for it. Mm-hmm. Like, and uh, I didn't have a problem with Tori at all, but the one issue that I had with Tori was there's the scene where Brandon is what she blames it on sleepwalking and she doesn't tell Kyle that he came across the spaceship essentially. And I know she's like doing that to protect her son and stuff, which is admirable too. But like that to me, is kind of like, it would probably wouldn't have changed a damn thing anyway, because what were they, you know, they were not going to just be like, Oh, well, maybe we should kill him. But like, uh, when Kyle kind of, came quick to the idea of like yeah we need to really kind of address the fact that our kid's a fucking alien and he's not really our son and all that i was like "Mm, yeah i'm on kyle's side like as hard as that is kid's an alien like yeah you know but i also get her side i get the feeling that she was someone that always really wanted to be a mom and like the Mm -hmm. very first shot we see in this movie is like the camera shows the bookcase and there's books and books and books about how to deal with fertility not, yeah and, not being able to have kids and you know he's not reading we get established like early on that she's more like the artistic one she's like painting a lot and he's like the burly like you know craftsman if there's farmer. anybody who's gonna play the brawny paper towel dude in a movie it yeah, might be him it could be him um so I just get the feeling that, like, she always really wanted to be a mom. And I also think that the bond between, even though it's not her biological kid, but I feel like she wanted to be a mom so bad that she really developed this really, really intense bond with this baby. Where I would even say that her love for the child is stronger than the love for her husband. Mm-hmm. And I think that in that scene, we get, like, not only obviously it's a plot device so that we're like okay we we don't want the dad to know everything that's going on yet but i also like in her head it's like okay maybe that was just like one incident and if we don't address it it's gonna go away the same way that we never addressed that our son is an alien so let's just like i'm not gonna worry about it i'm not gonna tell him to worry about it because he's more like you know the realistic more like down to earth kind of guy so like you know just don't Well, for future sake, if we end up having an alien kid, you need to totally tell me that he's doing weird (laughs) stuff. (laughs) Putting it out there, in case something happens, don't blame me, I tried. (laughs) You can blame me, I'm going to cover for him. I'm going to be like Norman Bates' mom, but like nice. Maybe we can get around it by just not naming an alliteration kid. That's a whole different No Marcus Mango. I think we can say that casting was really good. Like, I yeah. like the casting in this. And, like, the kid that they got to play, Brendan. Creepy. He, he looks creepy, and at the same time, he looks like if he wasn't creepy, that he could have been cast as a young Clark Kent. Which yes. is what they were going for. Like, his eyes were creepy, and he had a little bit of, like, a... Uh, I, I don't want to... No, that's not a word for it. Like... I could buy him being the type of kid that in real life, and I hope that Jackson A. Dunn, the actor for it, I hope he's not like this. I could buy him being the type that, like, maybe fries ants with his magnifying glass. Oh, <laughs> like, no. you know what I mean? Like, I, 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 I definitely, like, now that you just said about the Clark Kent thing, yes. The hairstyle. Totally. And look all American kind of look to him. 
But the creepiness from him, I think, comes from the fact that he almost resembles a doll. He has hmm. a very small mouth and he has like really big <laughs> eyes. And those are things that normally are. And if, I mean, obviously, like maybe you guys listening to it, most of you are men. <laughs> you didn't get to play with like baby dolls, but those features are very common in dolls and they tend to like make them not look human enough where it's like not too creepy but there's that element where your brain recognizes that as like a human being even though it's not a human being it's like okay it's in my species but it's a fake one or whatever so i feel like the casting for him and he did a good job yeah he's got that disconnected kind of thing going on we can tell that he's not quite all there in the head and (laughs) i could see him I don't want this to sound really kind of like uh, insensitive or something like that, but I could see him be doing a really, really good job playing the part of somebody who has like, uh, like a learning disability or something. Like, I think that he's got that type of range where, like, you know, how, like, the, you ever see the movie I Am Sam? Yeah. I felt like Sean Penn was like hamming it up in that movie. But isn't that like what you? Isn't that Tropic Thunder that they're like, you have to? Yeah. Like, <laughs> How do you to get be, an Oscar? <laughs> like, I feel like this kid would be able to do that kind of thing without you going like, oh, he's pandering to it. Like, I think that he's got range that maybe he would also be really good with comedy stuff, too. Like, he's got something weird about him that I he think he He has a he very can, interesting face. He could play, like, yeah. maybe, like, the weird kid next door that isn't, like, a psychopath, but, like, just kind of, like, the funky kid or something. And like. it just dawned on me the whole doll thing. I know why I'm thinking about that he looks like a doll. If you have seen the movie The Boy, which is a, which is based on, for all the Floridians out there, the story from Key West where there's this haunted doll that to this day is on display at a museum and nobody can touch it's kind of like an annabelle kind of thing and um i'm blinking on the name of the doll but there is a movie based on the story and the way that they designed the doll in the movie is just like this boy (laughs) but like a doll version of him so maybe that's why i was like oh like he kind of reminds me of a doll but Mm. he did a really good job and i really also like the way they progressed with like him finding out his powers. Yeah. I think that that was really cool. Like the scene with the lawnmower was really awesome where he actually like touches it like he the blade's spinning and he's he's going to see if he's going to stop it and he he can. It's like it's so cool because that's like a such a good way for him to be like okay, I'm not human. Yeah, like, it's one thing to be like, wow, I'm pretty strong. It's another thing to throw a lawnmower across the, an entire <laughs> field. And then another thing, even on top of that, to be like, I can't get hurt. Yeah. Which, the, I like that they addressed that. They knew that he... Yeah. I mean, they obviously knew that he was an alien because he came in a goddamn spaceship. But, like, the idea that he's never been cut. He's never... God's sake. Yeah, had a bruise on him, anything like yeah. that. So instead of saying, like, well, you know, we didn't think that there was anything wrong with him. Or like, no, they knew it from the very beginning. And it just happened to be once he hit puberty, which I really like that, too. By the way, I really like the idea that they did this. Again, spoilers, it's the whole section. <laughs> uh, there's a section of it where they find out that he's got some like <laughs> clipped out parts of like uh, Victoria's Secret or Sears catalog or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And it's all like, oh, this is like, you know, he started to get into porn and then it's like the human anatomy. And that goes like, okay, well, now it's 
really creepy. Is that a, is, and the mom says something like, is that a guy thing? Yeah, it's like, no, no, it isn't. At least it's not a normal guy thing. Yeah. <laughs> and I bet, like, Ted Bundy or something. But, like, uh, I like that little twist because, and that kind of, like, there's parts of this movie that made me think, like, I wonder if you could get away with doing something that's very sincere and very earnest about a lot of these different superheroes that you you can get like batman year one and you can get the smallville tv show dealt with clark kent's uh high school years and different things like that but it's the cw and you know the whole thing's gonna be all somebody save me and all that kind of shit i like that song though uh (laughs) of course i do um what if like somebody could actually do a comic series or a cartoon series or a tv series or whatever of the legitimate childhood of Clark Kent, where obviously you skip when he's from, uh, they get him as a baby and then they go to like, I don't know, five because it's like, well, who cares about some one-year-old? But at the same time, what would it be like for a Clark Kent to start wondering a lot of these kind of things? And what about like, Obviously, he's not a sociopath, so he's not, like, trying to, you know, cut out people's organs and stuff. But, like, it sounds really stupid to say, and it's one of those things, it's kind of like Mallrats, where he's like, yo, is the things, uh, Nick, is that orange rock, too, or something? But it's like, what what was Clark Kent's first sexual experience yeah, like? Yeah, so basically, you just kind of want to, at some point, somebody needs to do, like, some sort of comic or TV show where Clark Kent is jerking off. Well, I don't want to see that, <laughs> but like some kind of thing that uh, I don't know. Like, you ever see the part of scary movie where? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's his first time, and well, it's like Lana Lang is just kind of like, well, goddamn. I mean, I heard that the first time was supposed to be kind of crazy, but Jesus, it's like you know. Yeah, like the whole thing. Clark Kent was always like one that I, mean, I was never a big Superman fan because he bored me. Most people, yeah. Yeah. Me too. But I, but I was always time. like, okay, like you're an alien, like how come like you really just look like us? Does that mean that your blood is red? Mm-hmm. Do you have all our bodily functions? Yeah, I mean, then the like, comics they basically are just like, yeah, they they're hundred percent exactly the same, uh, except for well, there you go. superpowers yeah. are fucking awesome, aren't they? Like, yeah, this is all sweet. Right. I can fly. Like, yeah. <laughs> but they have addressed sometimes. They've done things like. Uh, the idea that, like, you know, whether or not Lois can have kids, because if they have a kid, then would she be able to carry the kid it's through? A hybrid. Yeah, and it's like, is the kid gonna? I think it's Kevin Smith had said it. Like, is he gonna just like kick a hole through her the first time he kicks her? Like, so they did a whole thing one time where she has to, he has to like lose his powers, and it's a whole long thing like that. And yeah. obviously, they don't get into that in this movie because the kid's twelve. But like, yeah. I like that whole they idea. They do. They do. I mean, building up to on that aspect of like first like sexual like experience or whatever he does have a crush on this girl yeah who kind of looks like she could grow up to be like a lois lane kind of looking like she's like white girl long brown hair like that kind of thing and her name's Uh, nice yeah she's like a nice sweet girl who's trying to be like not let and we also get that little and that's true like because there's that one scene that she's working on a paper and her paper is actually like a nice like I forget exactly what the kind of homework it is, but she's writing something that 
you wouldn't really expect, I think, somebody from her age to be writing, which means that she's a good writer and uh, intelligent. So maybe it's like a wink, wink. Maybe she's going to be a journalist if she survives yeah. this. She could type really well with her one, just her left hand, which I was yeah. like, that's kind of crazy. I, was, I type all the fucking time. I can't <laughs> do that. This little girl's like nine and she could do better than me. But that scene. Um, so he has a crush on her and this is... After the dad is trying to address the fact that they found porn in his room. And it's a very cute scene because it's so awkward. And the dad's kind of basically just saying, it's okay for you to have these feelings. And every now and then indulge in them. (laughs) So that's what Brandon does. Like at night. And that to me was the creepiest scene. I thought that that was going to go in a much darker way. And I got like kind of nervous that they were going to have that I happen. thought so too and I was just like no they can't legally do that I think yeah but I thought that they might imply they could, it yeah, and... they could imply it but I was that scene beyond creepy yeah and it's like it's, I mean ah then you start wrapping up like psycho killer alien creature kid is also like predatory and then it's like yeah wow like as bad as you already are now you're even worse kid like because it's like it's even worse because the girl is nice to the kid yeah and it's like he almost develops like that type of creepy crush that you see a lot of people do he's totally nuts because like he can't really feel yeah empathy i think and at that, in, on that scene, like, she's in her room, and all of a sudden this music starts, and it's her computer that's on, so she like, closes the computer down, and then, like, it pops up again, and he's, like, by the window. Like, that was really creepy. I was, like, if this has a rape scene <laughs> involving these two minors, uh, like, I don't even have chocolate with me. I don't <laughs> know if I can get through this. But that scene... Like, the other scenes that I was talking about, mostly, like, in the non-spoiler part, is, like, this movie's really violent. Mm-hmm. It, it was way more violent and gorier than I thought it was going to be. It was really explicit. Yeah, they treat it as, like, yeah. well, if Superman charges exactly. at you, your body's exploding like a fucking like. bloody mess. You're not, yeah. it's not going to be like, you know, you punch into Zod and it's just kind of like, ouch, that kind of right. hurt a little bit. It's like, no, there goes your brains. Like, yeah, you know. and we see it. Yeah. And, like, there was, like, one particular scene that was really hard for me to watch, which is the mm-hmm. waitress. Yeah. Um... I knew that, that was, was like, coming too because I had seen a preview about that. But also. I was like, I'm gonna watch this because I'm not a pussy. <laughs> but it was rough. It was really rough. But even in that scene, it was unnerving to me. But the scene in the bedroom between the girl and Brandon, to mm-hmm. me, that's even creepier. Yeah, because the well, you know, uh, Erica, the mom of the girl is the one that's a recipient of a little shard of glass right in the eyeball. Mm-hmm. And that's tough to watch because you're just kind of like, oh, fuck, if that happened to me, like, yeah. I would just be like... And the camera stays, too, like, with her, so you actually see her digging the glass out of her yeah. eye, and it's like, And then like, the blood squirting out. Away! Yeah. But that is gory creepy. It is. And the bedroom scene is disturbing creepy. Yeah. And that's... I can like separate more of the idea of like okay well clearly that's an actress it's a fake eye it's whatever like you know different things like that it's cgi it's this blah 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 but then you get into like the other stuff and it's like uh well this stuff like happens like you know and that's just like that makes it 10 times creepier to me and i feel like 
a lot of girls could potentially have some sort of bad dreams related to that scene. Yeah, so all because, the more reason not yeah. to bring your little kids there because yeah. they're going to think the little Brightburn kids out <laughs> there and then they're going to get, you know, oh, yeah. he's in the closet. It's, or... it's, it's, it's an intense scene. It, I mean, very powerful and effective, but very creepy. Definitely, I feel like if we were to put, like, all the scenes in the scale, that to me would be, like, the creepiest, like, yeah. scariest scene for sure. And then, like, the violence. I, I mean, mean, the effects were awesome. Uh, the one that stands out to me the most is the most uh, subdued one, which is when he kills the sheriff. Okay. Because he kills the sheriff by just, like, flat out bolting at him. Mm-hmm. And you don't even really see it, but already he's just a bloody mess all over the place yeah. throughout the whole front yard. And that was just kind of like, oh, shit. That, I mean, that's kind of what would happen. Like, Superman is super fast. That's, yeah. you know, he's super. So... It's not like you're watching somebody get punched in the head a bunch of times and then their head kind of caves in like some movies do or, you know, even like the the death of the dad. I mean, that's pretty gruesome. That's the heat vision death. Yeah. And that I wasn't expecting for them to kill the dad like that. Yeah. I kind of thought he'd die a different way. I thought that he might like punch him to death or actually i thought when he was kind of grabbing his chest i thought that he might like flick him in the chest and give him like a heart attack or something weird like can play off the whole jonathan kent heart attack thing because oh. that not all the time but a lot of times in superman stories jonathan kent has a heart attack and that's kind of their way to tell superman like look you can't solve every issue because how would you have saved your dad he had a heart attack you can't do anything you're superman you punch things like and that's mm. one of the best superman types of stories so i was like oh maybe they're gonna have him have a heart attack from like being afraid of his kid or his kid's gonna like just like kind of lightly push him sometimes they do that in stories where it'll be like somebody will put their hand on somebody's chest and they'll just kind of push down and that's how they kill them because it's like the pressure kind of thing but at the same time like they just went full on with the whole he vision right in the eyeballs, like there goes your skull, Dad. It's yeah. like fuck. I like and then Kyle. You see, like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why I wasn't ready for that kind of death because he's a very likable character, and I guess I was just like not. I was like, oh, okay, so we're going like that. Like this is okay. He's a psychopath. Okay, I got it. Like <laughs> it was intense. And I, the more I think about the scene, and I just realize well, when you're describing that. Do you think that they went with the heat vision thing right in the eyeballs? Because in a way, and I'm sorry, but I'm all about like symbolism in horror movies. But the dad was kind of the first one to actually see who he was. That he was like dangerous. Mm. And the fact that he like, because he could have just like. Yeah, he could have. Forehead. Yeah. Or he visioned him in half or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel like the fact that he chose the eyes is, like, really specific. I didn't get that from that, but I don't even know if that would be the type of thing that, like, they went that route and I just went over my head. Or just, or they're not even smart enough and you're smarter than them and that <laughs> means a lot more. I kind of took it as they started this idea with this, hey, what if Superman was bad? And then they went, all right, well, he would do this and he would do that and he would do that. And somebody said... Superman would kill somebody with super strength, with super speed, with heat vision, falling from the height because flight is part of that. And they kind of wrote down like a checklist of like, well, we need to see how Superman would kill people like with this and that and that and that. 
And then they were like, you know, the heat vision one's pretty cool. Like, let's make that one of the big ones. Yeah. And then let's do that with Dad. Because they do the flight thing with Tori. Yeah. And that's, like, the most visually epic one. Yeah. Which I, I don't know if you agree or disagree with me on this one. I thought when they did the whole Kyle death thing, okay, they did that because one of them needed to die. And the mom uh, connection means that she'll be able to get close enough and she'll be able to kill him. And, and she then, has the biggest obstacle. Yeah. The dad was like, okay, I have to do this. The mom had a harder time Yeah, going and being like, okay, I I see it. He, he needs to be killed. So they got me because I was thinking, okay, they're setting up the idea that she can then kill him. Yeah, I thought so too. And that'll be the end of the whole thing. And then maybe if they want to do some kind of a twist ending, it'll be like they're all those different like meteors or whatever, different things or something there were more of them and there's actually more kids in different states that had been in a same kind of similar situation and actually this Brightburn kid is just one of like 30 or 50 or a thousand of them because they they brought up the bee thing and they brought up the hives. I know, I was waiting to talk about that because I thought that that was so cool. I was, from the very start, as soon as they brought up the bees, I was like, okay, there's more than one of this kid. Yeah. And they didn't really... wasps well the wasps but yeah but i mean I, they brought up hive thing and i thought okay they're bringing up hive because there's going to be a hive mind thing or there's going to be a bunch of them that are all working together and there's going to be some like some queen oh, alien thing or there's going to be like and i was like there has to be at least more than one of this kid <laughs> and you know maybe they kill the kid and then it's like oh my god she killed her son and that's this whole big thing and then she turns on the news and like these kids have been doing this in alabama yeah. and in Arkansas and other A states. Yeah. And <laughs> I, now that you brought that up, I was like, oh yeah, like that totally makes sense because when he was talking about that, I was focusing more on the wasps mm-hmm. that he was talking about because wasps, and he, they say in the movie, they, when they have babies, they kind of force other species of insects to take care, uh, other wasps, I think, to take care of the babies and feed them and nurture them. And then they just end up getting killed. Yeah. And the the um, the whole harvesting planet kind of thing. Yeah. Comes true. And and also the actual mask that Brandon wears. Oh yeah, that's kind of look. That like a looks bee. like a wasp. I just thought like he does a piss poor sewing job. <laughs> like, no, I was like... just like when I first saw the trailer, I was like, I wonder why he looks like an insect with that mask. Huh. And then we you know when the wasp was like, oh. This is brilliant, which brings me to another thing that I just really want to talk really quickly because I thought it was brilliant and I mentioned to you during the movie, the use of the color red. Yeah. Which is like a motif throughout the whole thing. I mean, the voice that talks to Brendan through the spaceship that crashed, whatever, that gives him the mission once he reaches puberty says like, oh, like take the world, but in like a weird language. Chikaru something or whatever. Yeah. It's bright red. And the very first scene um, with him, he I don't think he's really wearing red, or he might have like a small detail in his clothes. And then we see the blanket. The blanket is red, and the blanket is the thing that he uses to make the mask and the cape. Um, and then as he starts thinking more about the voice and developing his powers, every single scene after that, he's wearing more and more red, almost as if like, the red is like taking over him and i thought that that was so cool it went from literally being like 
a little label on his shirt when he was wearing all blue, especially because his parents in the beginning are wearing blue. Yeah. And then he's wearing blue, and then he has like this one red label on his shirt. Then the next scene, he's wearing a shirt that has like more details of red, and then he's wearing a jacket that's like mainly red, and the shoes are red, and then the hoodie that's covering up with the blue that's in there, and you know, does he have a little bit of good still in it? Yeah, and And I thought that that was like really cool. And And that's of course Superman colors too blue and red are the two more predominant ones, a little bit of yellow, but I don't remember seeing him wearing any yellow throughout the movie. But then again, I mean, I'm watching the movie and not paying attention to every little thing, and um. They have the aunt and the uncle, uh, Uncle Noah and Aunt Merrily, which I did not know that it was Merrily. I thought that they had said, like, Marilyn or something like that. She had the little flake on her desk with her name, baby. I was looking at something else, though, at the time. I was trying to, like, look at the background and read, like, the signs and stuff. I guess that caught my attention because I was like, I don't even know how to say that name. Yeah. Merrily, 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 Merrily. She's the only one that survived. (laughs) That we know of. I mean, Noah's deaf. That's pretty fucked Visually up. was probably my favorite. <laughs> that made me really happy that we had already eaten our spaghetti uh, earlier in that the night. That just made me really want to have pizza, though. Yeah, that's the total opposite for me. I was like, <laughs> I, I'm glad I'm not chewing on something uh, that's, like, red and all that now that he's got a missing jaw. No, and when I see, like, gory horror movies, I just want to eat <laughs> when I'm watching. It's, I don't know. It was, so, it was so well done. Yeah, that was fucked up. It was so up. well done. And... He was alive for a little bit too. She's like, "Oh my god!" Like that's so. In- it was great. I loved it. I loved it. But then, like thinking about like Tori's death, I think she's the one that suffers the longest. No, she's falling. She's falling for a long time. That's pretty brutal. Like, and that's your mom. That's <laughs> At least, heartbroken. Like, fast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The dad gets like, ah, like, um, this, like, really hurts and stuff like that. Yeah. But she's like, wow, my kid yeah, the literally thing. is bringing me up into the atmosphere to drop me and kill yeah. me. And I tried to kill my own kid. And yeah. my kid's an alien fucking and psychopath. And she touches and... his face before she falls. And it's just, like, her realizing that. There's no good in him at all. Know, all the love she gave him. Like, that that's made a damn pretty thing. heartbreaking. Yeah. And it's like, well. I was thinking to myself this, and I maybe it wouldn't have made a difference, but I was like, you put one shard of the chip in your pocket, like, why not grab a second one and have that as a backup? <laughs> like, that, before she did anything, I was just kind of like, oh, you need a second one of that. Because maybe do something like, you know, oh, look at this, I was going to do this, and then, whoops, he got you with the right. I like, really thought know? she was going to succeed, though. I thought she was going to. And I was like, and, and I like, when, because... In horror movies, I tend to side with the villains a lot because <laughs> I want them to win. But then every now and then, I connect so deeply with the main characters that I want them to survive. And it makes me a little sad when they don't because it's like, I was cheering for you and like I like you. So I really thought that she was going to do it. And I was like, oh, you know, it's like a little predictable, sure, because they kind of show that the only way he gets hurt is... Because he gets, like, scratched from the, from the spaceship. spaceship. So it's like, oh, okay, well, predictable book. But then when it didn't happen, I, I swear to God, when she was falling, I was like, oh, my God, maybe there's, like, a good superhero and he's just going to fly in <laughs> <laughs> and grab her. <laughs> but no. I was thinking that 
the shard that she grabbed was going to be a little bit of a red herring and she was going to go for something like that and then something would happen where he would like charge towards the ship and get like impaled or something maybe that like just kind of one of those things that like i thought that he was gonna get impaled too like maybe she was gonna like ask to go for a hug or something or like that the whistle thing would come back and he'd like charge and she'd like move out of the way together yeah, like, you know, she pushes him into it and stuff. Falls. You know, yeah, something whatever. weird. Yeah. Like, or, like, she grabs him and, like, but then, like, she's just not strong enough. But, like, yeah. Anyways. Either way, like, she was fucked. So, <laughs> like, um, I think that music wise, I don't really have anything to say. Like, I don't remember anything about the music. It was good. It's it really creepy. I don't remember. Like, the, the little, the, like, that's awful. <laughs> <laughs> It was just like very um, kind of made me think of uh, horror movies that take place in space, hmm. where there's just like kind of almost like a heartbeat every now and then. I liked it. I thought it was creepy because like hor- like music in horror movies can make it or break it. You put the wrong music at the wrong time, it can take a scene from being really scary to funny. Yeah, I mean, if the kid's sitting there creeping up on Erica in the storage closet and you just hear, bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna... <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> and if you still don't believe us, look up um, those, like, uh, fake trailers for Jaws and The Shining where they change the, the story completely, where, like, The Shining yeah. is a love story. The Shining is fantastic, where they've got <laughs> Salisbury Hill by Phil Collins. Yeah. <laughs> And Jaws is kind of like a free willy kind of thing. And they, they, a lot of what they accomplish is like fruit music. And it's just so important. Like horror movies, you need to know where to put the right music, when, and when to have complete silence. Because that's also very, very effective. And the, the end credits, and towards the end, they play Bad Guy by Billie Eilish. And I was really excited with that. Because <laughs> it was really fun. I the movie. thought the special effects were pretty good. Yes. So. They were great. They were amazing. Like the I I normally can kind of pinpoint. Okay, that was like a practical effect, and that's where CGI starts. I couldn't really um, with the the jaw thing. I think no, that, that was, was done like, really well. Done so so well. Yeah, that was done well. The flight looked reasonably like. Uh, I mean, I didn't. Obviously, the kid's not really flying, so it's oh. not like oh, that's practical. The kid, you know, they threw him yeah. off in the air and filmed the rest of it, yeah, like you know. Yeah, but, yeah. but yeah. like he, it looked like a a somewhat natural flight. It didn't look like the kid was sitting there being on a crane or something yeah. like that. So, like the green screen elements were great with that. He blended in perfectly, and even the airplane at the end like that was the closest thing to me being like that's yeah, not really working out all that much yeah. but they went out of their way to not bother showing the airplane crash and right. stuff cuz that would have been a very fast yeah shot and and the brightness from his eyes too i thought that, that was done really effective too yeah when he's just like in the dark and you just see like the red eyes oh Gil bright burns yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh at the end, I didn't quite get this, and I can't even give credit to myself about it. I read this on the trivia section for IMDb, but um, I mean, I, I knew that it was Michael Rooker, but that's kind of a way for James Gunn to just kind of throw Michael Rooker in this. And he's not the director for it. I thought that he was, but he wasn't. So that's kind of just you know, anybody who's interested in that, that wise. Um, but Michael Rooker is playing the part of like a an Alex Jones type of uh, conspiracy theorist type person. Of course, he's great. totally right. But I didn't catch this, and I think 
rewatching it, I probably would. So maybe other people did, and you might have as well. He's talking about a bunch of other types of things. Yes! And that's why when you just brought up the point of like, there's like other kids, I'm like. Well, that is apparently analogs to the Justice League. Oh. Where he was talking that about the sense. creature from the ocean or whatever yeah, doing I was that. Like, oh, so that's Aquaman. Yeah. But then he said about a, a witch a that witch. strangles somebody. That's Wonder Woman with the lasso of truth. Yeah. And then the other one was, I forget what it's uh, something about that or whatever. There was like three or four of them or whatever like that. And I was like, you know what? Crap. I really wish I would have noticed that. I got that. the Aquaman one right away. I didn't the think witch about one, that. one, it was when I was like, oh my God, there could be other children like that, which mm. would make sense. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it was a sh- a meteor sh- shower, right? So it's not just one, right? I think so. Is that so. how it works? I don't know. We also just watched a Twilight Zone episode oh, yeah. with a meteor shower. So we're... Tony did not like. Nah, not but a big I fan. liked it. <laughs> <laughs> not all men will like that one. <laughs> uh, but so I don't remember if it was just the one or if it was multiple. I think it might have just been the one of them. But then again, she does Google that there was that thing over at Brightburn. So yeah, so we, I mean, we don't know. Yeah, but I like to think that it is a mission, and it makes sense. Like, if you are, if you're an evading species, you're not evading with one, one in a little tiny town. Yeah, unless you know that the kid's gonna be. (laughs) Yeah, you know. So I, I liked. And that maybe that's thing. the whole thing. Like, they're going to form, like, the evil Justice League yeah. in here and just kill everybody. Maybe. Yeah. I don't think that there's going to be a sequel, but at the same uh, time, if they wanted to do some kind of a sequel, they could. they could do a different version of that and just be like, all right, what if Aquaman was evil? What would you do with this? What yeah. if Wonder Woman was evil? How would you deal with this little girl that's like, I totally like these bracelets. And you're like, all right, cool. And then it's like, yeah, but don't touch them together because then you're going to fuck I up like a whole planet. That. I would love to see like evil Diana. Evil alien, bad at, yeah, Diana. I just like a creepy little girl. I love creepy little girls. They're <laughs> the best. So I don't know other kind of elements to really talk about. Um, that come to my mind. I mean, I think I kind of ran down everything that's in my mind, but anything else that you were thinking? No, just really, really enjoy the movie. And I feel like if you get a chance to see it in the big, on the big screen, you should. Yeah. I'm probably going to watch it again. Uh, at some point later this year at home and stuff, but I'm glad I saw it in the big screen because I feel like it really adds to the whole, like, I mean, horror movies, if you can go to the the theater, go. I mean, it's, it's so much better in so many ways. Plus, like, if you're a sadist like me, you get to see people freaking out, and that just makes me even more, like, hyped up. Like, I absolutely love seeing men squirm in a horror movie when I'm, like, dead laughing and know what's going on and whatever, and everybody's like, shifting doing the shift thing on the chair pretending that they're adjusting like doing the <clears throat> cough whenever they like get startled i love that or you could that. be like the guy in our theater that was just going <laughs> oh god and then the people next to us and finally like one of them were like shut up yo <laughs> yeah because it was every scene was oh he dead <laughs> oh, he did he did <laughs> like, yeah, he's not dead yet he's not dead yet <laughs> yeah but i liked it a lot so you'd say hit oh yeah for sure I would say a hit too. I think that uh, if you see the trailers for this movie and you think that it looks interesting, you're gonna get exactly what you're hoping for. Yeah. So. And you know, just go prepared, knowing that 
it's gory. So if that's like not your thing, you know, just be warned that you're gonna get a fair amount of shots that are like it's not just gonna be like a very quick shot of people suffering, so just yeah, it's it's gory, but it's also not gore porn. No, it's, it's not. not like hostile where the whole sense. point of the movie is just like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if this guy's arm was bleeding for like twenty minutes or well, something? Sometimes like sometimes that's why you, you know you had a rough day, and that's why you want to watch. Nah. Totally cool. <laughs> nah. <laughs> I was not a fan of that movie at all. I didn't really like that movie either, but sometimes you're just in the mood to watch that kind of stuff, you know. And no, it's all fake. Nobody gets hurt. So it's okay. But yes, yeah, so this movie. It I, is gorier than yeah. I thought that it would it, be it in is. some ways, and yeah. it's definitely scarier than I would ever recommend taking a kid that's not able to go to the rated R movies on themselves, but hey, if you want to be a fucked up uh, parent, you go ahead and do it, and it goes to show you that this movie proves you could be a great parent, it doesn't matter if your kid's a psycho anyway, so, yeah. <laughs> you know, whether it's nature or nurture, psychos are going to no, be psychos. This one's all nature. <laughs> this one's nature, nature. and, uh, you know, so... Hits for both of us. Yes. And we would recommend for you guys to check it out if you're interested. And now that you know the spoilers, the whole thing, don't blame us because we give you a warning. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, to wrap us up here, I just want to tell you guys that if you have already seen the movie, you should drop a comment below and tell us what you think about it because we want to know what you have to say, if you agree or disagree. And while you're doing that on YouTube, hit that subscribe button and ring that little bell for the notifications to be aware of the next videos that are posted on this channel. If you're on iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play or Spotify or any of the other just uh, audio portion of this whole podcast thing, then leave us some kind of follow or a review or a star rating or whatever these different platforms have. And if you're on the following spree, then do that to the Fanboys Anonymous Facebook and Twitter accounts and check out the Public and Redbubble shops for the merchandise side of things. Go to the Patreon if you want to show your support on the monetary side of things and throw some spare change our way to keep doing some other special cool little things in the future because the more that that happens, the more we can do things for fanboys. Uh, If you want to check out anything else that's on fanboysanonymous.com, go to fanboysanonymous.com. That's how the internet works. We've got the Smart Out Moments stuff for the pro wrestling side of things. I've got Tony Mango for my stuff and a mango tree. And Caroline has a bunch of stuff as well, so... <laughs> Do I? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, if you guys want to check out my art, you can check me out on Instagram at creepy underscore Caroline. And my website that I'm lacking is still like kind of under construction, but it exists at um, czoarts.com. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> So thank you to everybody listening to this. Thank you for all your support and your likes and your follows and your favorites and your, I don't know, carbonara recipes, whatever you want to leave us and stuff. And we will see you uh, the next time. Thanks for listening, everybody. It's time for us to geek out.